You are about to listen to another great audio podcast of Let's Grow Pulling, brought to you by the Outlaw Truck and Tractor Pulling Association. You can find them on the web at outlawpulling.com and on Facebook at Outlaw Truck and Tractor Pulling. They are the thunder in the dirt. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Cody McKinley, can you hear me now, sir? I can hear you, Jason. Cool. Welcome to our Let's Grow Pulling podcast. Sometimes, uh, Cody, the I don't know, I've had people with the Bluetooth and they try and we can't hear them. I'm not sure what the story is, but I'm using my AirPods. Do I sound okay? You sound great. Okay, cool. Well, welcome to Let's Grow Pulling, Cody. I want to tell the Cody story today and I want to talk about Corsa and then how you got involved in pulling. And I want to talk about you getting to drive a diesel super stock too. That's pretty cool. That was fun. Uh, yeah, I uh, appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and your listeners and uh, excited to talk a little bit about Corsa and, and truck and tractor pulling. It's It's been a passion of mine growing up um, and uh, love everything about it and want to figure out how to, how to uh, try to advance the sport from a data logging standpoint and uh, it's, it's been, it's been super fun. So super fun. Well, let's start, let's start at the beginning, Cody, where are you from? Tell us about your family, where you live that, you know, where the shop is, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in Winnemac, Indiana. Um, currently living in West Point, uh, just outside of Lafayette. Okay. And so that's... you're a crazy Purdue fan then? Yes. Yeah. I think I saw a picture of one of your kid with the Purdue thing on the other day. I was gonna, I was gonna comment, but I decided I better not. <laughs> <laughs> they That's did so beat IU yesterday, so that was the, yeah, that was that was a good deal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, and actually, that's kind of what what put me here in West Point was uh, after graduating Purdue there, um, kind of liked the area and stuck around and found work here and. Um, but, um, yeah, so I've got a wife, uh, we were married 10, four or 14. So I guess we've been married for seven years now. We've got two, two beautiful children, two daughters, one of them's three years old and the other's, uh, 10 months. Uh, the three-year-old loves coming to tractor pulls with me. So, uh, so we've got her on the right track We're we're about to upgrade her 12 volt, uh, pulling tractor, to an 18 volt here this spring so <laughs> be like a new turbo for her you know yep i like it she's moving up classes yeah yeah yep. she's going from um, altered farm to hot farm that's okay. right that's right it's all so what you cody your story did it did pulling happen first or did data acquisition happen first like wh- how what's the how did this all how did this all evolve pulling definitely happened first so i grew up working in my dad's repair shop um he's owned a repair shop he's been self-employed for a long time and that's you know that's where I spent my spring breaks and my summer and winter vacations was in the shop working with him and working on our pulling tractor uh, at the time it was a super farm and since it's since then it's been upgraded to a 4-1 um, but my first pull was actually in 2000 I was 15 years old uh, pulled a super farm at Miller's tree farm and uh dad's rule number one rule he said you can get on it and drive it after you learn how to take the tractor apart and put it back together and i thought that was pretty fair so uh so once i learned how to do that 
you know, and then at 15, I got, got my first ride on it. And, uh, anyone that's ever been on a pulling tractor knows that, uh, once you do it that one time, uh, you're hooked and it's game it's over. over. So what was the name of the super farm? Uh, at the time it was called case 1070. <laughs> it it didn't have a name. And, okay. and we finally got it named, uh, the night train, um, okay. the black and gold demonstrator, uh, series with uh, 1070 sheet metal. So, um, like yeah. So really after that, you know, um, I went off to Purdue to try to become an engineer and, um, while I was at Purdue getting an engineering degree, I decided it was time that our pulling tractor needed a data logger. So in 2006, um, as a college student, before I could afford um, to buy a system, I decided I'd put together, kind of piecemeal together my own system. So it's actually st- sitting here on my workbench right here. I've got the, the very first logger I ever built uh, and used on our tractor for several years. Um, what kind of what kind of data did it get? Uh, so actually, so we've got uh, eight exhaust temperatures, engine RPM, input shaft speed, ground speed, and uh, like the five standard pressures: boost, exhaust pressure, fuel pressure, oil pressure, and water injection. So, and that's what we were in with for five or six years, uh, and it worked actually pretty well. So, um, after that. Um, I went to work for Scheid Diesel. That was one of my first jobs out of college. And right. while there, uh, I sold and supported, uh, Corsa, the Corsa data acquisition systems. Um, after that job, I went to Caterpillar uh, and spent some time as a turbocharger engineer. Uh, so we worked at a I worked at a turbo lab where we did lots of burst and containment testing where we just take turbos up to speed until they popped uh, and made sure that the housings contained. Uh, we did a lot of performance testing and durability testing, and that was a really fun job. Uh, after that would be fun. Kind of looking for a career change and, and so took ownership of Corsa then in 2016. Um, and so how long had course how long had course have been around cody before that so course was established in 1991 okay and it's original some of the original data logging uh its original purpose was was to go on um road race cars and circle track cars so it's kind of more developed initially for racing but over time um some tractor pullers came to Corsa and said, Hey, you know, we've got a, we've got a need in tractor pulling to record data. And so then over time, three generations of data loggers later, uh, the, the, the product has been tailored to work specifically for truck and tractor pulling. And, uh, now we do, we do some other things, but truck and tractor pulling is, is the primary, um, the primary industry that we, that we work in the product works really well for it. Cody, does it tend to, do you see more tractor pulling or more truck pulling or is it about a 50, 50 split? That's definitely probably a 50, 50 split. There's, there are okay. a lot of truck pullers that run our equipment as well. Um, yeah, I would say we're probably more heavily on the diesel, uh, in the diesel side of things, but we've got a lot of systems on alcohol, uh, trucks and tractors as well. And starting to do more and more of that now. 
Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like that a lot. What, um, what would you say, who are some of your bigger names that our listeners are going to recognize that, that run your equipment that have a Corsa on their track? I know the super rooster, obviously, uh, pains. I know you've been doing a lot with the diesel super guys. Um, but like, who are some of the big, you know, your national truck pullers and tractor pullers that people have heard of that run your stuff? Yeah. So just within the last year or two, uh, we got on a few more super stock track diesel tractors. So, uh, Travis Schleyball and the lock and load crew, um, yep. we got, we got some systems on their tractors. Uh, I think they're, they're, they've been pretty pleased with them. Um, we're on a lot of diesel supers out there. I would say, you know, if you go to a grand national event, I think probably on about 70% of that equipment. Um, and then same with even the diesel super trucks, uh, we're on, we're on quite a few system or we have quite a few trucks out there running our stuff. So, uh, you know, Kent Crowder with his truck and, and Hayes Lee's with their trucks, uh, they've been using our product for a long, long time. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, well, that's two things. So when I, you know, right. Is, um, you know, as a puller myself, the first thing I hear is all oh, crap. I can't, I can't afford that if, if those guys are running it. So if I have a hot farm tractor or I have a two, six diesel truck, I don't have to have all the bells and whistles, right, Cody? I mean, you can build me something I can afford and that I, I don't need all, you know what I mean? I don't need to check, you know, turbo stages on three chargers. You know what I mean? If I'm running a two, six, that's, I feel like, I feel like that's the biggest misconception, Cody, sometimes with that, with data acquisition is that you don't need it if you have a single turbocharged vehicle or you don't need it if you're not competing at a national level or, or something like that. How do you, how do you answer those questions like a skeptic, if you will. Yeah. So, and that's, well, actually that's one of the really neat things. So, so if you got a single turbo tractor, um, you're basically using the exact same logger that the guy, that a guy that is got a three or four turbo, uh, super stock truck or tractor, uh, you're going to have the same technology on board your tractor. So the, the difference mainly being, uh, when it comes to the supers, we're just going to be recording a lot more information. So as far as price goes, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of the additional money basically is just going to be wrapped up in, in the additional amount of sensors. So, um, so yeah, I mean, for a single turbo tractor, we can do something that's, that's pretty affordable. That's got, you know, all of the, the, all the standard information, standard pressures, engine RPMs. Uh, and, but the cool thing is, you know, you're using the same technology that those guys are. Um, we just, we just, we just don't measure, uh, every last little thing like the, the super stocks need to, you know. Right. No, that's good. I just, I want people to understand that because there's way more, uh, altered farm and hot farm and two, six and three Oh, and, you know, and I would say, I don't, I don't want to use the word entry level because I don't want to offend anybody, but I don't have a big national. I mean, a four one's a pretty solid ride, but it's not a pro stock and it's not a diesel super or an Alki super or something like that. I feel like I, I want people to know that they can call you basically Cody and, and talk with you and you can build, build them what they need. You're not going to try to sell them, you know, you're not going to try to sell them, uh, you know, a Cadillac Escalade when they just need a, you know, when they need three or four readings or something like that, because I mean, like you said, um, data drives decisions. And, you know, I, I, I love your Facebook page. It says your engine is talking. Are you listening? I mean, pullers, we spend so much money on air and fuel and tires and you know, transmissions and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you might have, it's getting it to the ground. And I feel like with data acquisition, it really 
it really helps you do that. And it also, let you know, it'll let you know if you maybe have an issue coming up, if you have a, a warm cylinder or, you know, the water's coming on too soon. It really takes a lot of guesswork out of it because we don't get to go to the track on a weekend, get make four or five, six passes like a drag racer does. You know what I mean? What's a lot of times we're one and done, you know what I mean? And then you got to wait till the next weekend. And that's frustrating. It's, it's important to get data every time. I mean, that's, that is the one thing. And, and that's one of the cool things. One of the features with our product is we've got an auto start feature. So uh, as long as you've got the data logger turned on, uh, I'll normally set the auto start feature to be looking at boost pressure. So once you hit six or seven PSI boost pressure, um, the data logger starts recording. So, you know, it's one less thing that the driver's got to worry about. You can focus on where you're going to drive, how you're going to drive out of the hole, uh, focus on your RPM that you're launching at, you know, all the, the th millions of things that you're thinking about while you're hooked to the sled, at least the, the logger is one less thing you've got to worry about. So I was at Ship Shawana a couple weeks ago, probably a month ago now. Wow. Uh, it's already March, isn't it? Um, I, I saw a lot of your smart dashes. You know, I did a lot of videos, live videos from the starting line and stuff like that. Cody, that smart dash is really, really cool. You know, your Facebook page, we got, you know, you and I've talked about this. We got to get some newer videos up there of the smart dash and the different views you have, but it's, it's really, really, I mean, it's really cool. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. I'm not an engineer. I'm a sales guy. Um, but uh, it, it, what I saw from the starting line, it's a really neat, really neat feature. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit and what you got going on there? Yeah. So one of the, one of the neatest things about it is all that information is wireless. So that display uh, there's no data logging that occurs inside that display. It acts as a display only. So, you know, you can buy our data logger product without that display and you can capture all your data, download and review it after the fact. But if you will, smart dash, um, it's all wireless. So every sensor that you're monitoring with your data logger can be displayed wirelessly on a gauge on that dash. So it cleans up a lot of wiring, a lot of plumbing, um, and then the other neat part about that is you can have a gauge for any sensor. So if let's say you want to measure and have a gauge for maybe throttle position to help you drive out of the hole, we can get you a, a gauge display, whether it's a digital, uh, gauge, analog gauge, or like a bar graph, uh, the driver can use, uh, things like that as tools to help them get out of the hole and get, get down the track. Um, the other neat thing is it's all it's all customizable, so the gauges can change colors, you know, oil pressure, anything under 30 or 40 PSI, that background of that gauge will have it flash red. Uh, we can put all your exhaust temperatures on the, get, on the dash, um, which one of the super stock tractors there last year, a couple years ago, uh, debuted, and it came out of the hole with a brand new engine, brand new system. And the water system wasn't set up or wasn't working, functioning correctly. And he said the entire bottom row of his dash just lit up red. And he said by 50 foot, you know, he saw that it was lit up and it was 2000 degrees. And he was able to back out of it and save at least two engines that way until he got things ironed out. So we can, you know, with the display, I know a lot of people, it's, it's hard to find time to look at the dash there, but with the color changing gauges, um, you know, we, we just, 
it's basically either go or no go, you know, and, and if stuff's red and lit up, then it's on the driver to make the decision whether it's uh, something serious. <laughs> Do I want to smoke this or not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so a little extra insurance goes a long way there. But So it's recording at wirelessly, so it's going right to my laptop, or how does it work? Yeah, so as of now, on that, on that dash, we can hold the peak values of anything that you're monitoring, uh, but then afterwards we download the data to the laptop, uh, which is also done wirelessly. Um, which makes it nice if you got your laptop in the front of the trailer and the tractors at the back of the trailer. As long as the power is on, you know, you can pull the data from there. You don't have to drag your laptop down to the tractor. And uh, it's got about a 50 to 100 foot range on the wireless. So um, that's kind of a nice feature there. Um, I like it. Yeah. A lot. What have you seen? Okay. So you bought, you, what year did you buy the company again? Or when did you take over? 2016. Okay, so we're coming on five years now, or not, we're at five years, depends on what month. What's the biggest thing you've seen in data acquisition change in the last five years in the polling world? Well, at least from from our standpoint and what we're doing, we're trying we're trying to this maybe not so much on the data logging side of things, but maybe more the sensor technology. Um We've done some things recently with some different sensors to try to get pullers more information, better information. Uh, so a couple of examples of that would be um, the torque meter uh, that we've released. I guess it's it's pretty much production ready at this point, um, but we've got a torque meter uh, on one of the tractors out there. And so while you're going down the track, we can measure torque being transmitted through your drive through the drive shaft and um, with that information then we can calculate do a calculation to get you horsepower as well and so um, so while you're going down the track you've got live data so it's not gonna make engine dynos obsolete I, I look at it as a tool that um, helps you take data from your engine dyno and you ensure that while you're going down the track that you're making the same amount of power and torque that you made on the dyno. And, um, and if it's not, Hey, it's time to start looking to see where, you know, where we're slipping a little bit there. So um, that torque meter has been a really neat thing. That's something we can integrate pretty easily on a component chassis. Um, it's, it's not, we haven't found any really good ways of doing it on an ag chassis tractor uh, quite yet, but, um, yeah, as far as, uh, and, and then the other neat thing about that torque meter is, you know, um, horsepower has gone up so much in every class, but the weight has stayed the same. So getting traction coming out of the hole has been a really big thing. So we're trying to use that torque meter to, to look at the data and understand how do we drive out of the hole a little bit better to maintain uh, to make sure that that torque continues to go up, up and up and up and not flatline or not dip as you come out of the hole. So um, <clears throat> we're also doing some things with flow meters, trying to watch uh, fuel flow to and from the injection pump to make sure that, uh, that the injection pumps are, are doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, that's been a neat, neat feature that we've added recently. Um, so really, it's probably more in the sensor technology than anything to question yeah 
That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. And and getting good data, not having them vibrate and different things like that too. That's important, yeah. as you know. Yeah. Um, so it's you're getting good, accurate data. Let's talk about you driving uh, Super Rooster last last summer. I think you did that, right? Twenty twenty. Does that feel right? July of last year. Yeah, uh, I think it was July. Yeah, July. Where where where'd you get it? So that? there was a PPL hook in Ansonia, Ohio, and um, okay. Kent. Uh, Kent Payne's about 20 minutes from my house here, so uh, I tend to spend a little bit of time. He he ends up being my guinea pig for a lot of uh, a lot of the things that I want to test. Uh, works out sure. works out really well, and I've uh, been working with with Ken a little bit there on his tractor, and he was trying a lot of things this past year, and uh, was at his shop one night, and he said, "I think it's." He said, "You know, Sandy and I have have talked and." Uh, we think it'd be a good good opportunity to get you on the seat of this thing, and uh, it was. <laughs> I mean, I've I've driven a Super Farm and a Limited Pro, but boy, when you're making 300 pounds of boost, it's a different story. I mean, that's just such a sweet sweet ride. Um, it's <laughs> it's a lot different on the seat. I'm waiting for the waiting to hear the turbos, the top turbos spool up to know when to go, and. Uh, you can hear those turbos spooling from the crowd, but boy, when you're on the seat of it, you don't hear them. And, uh, but, uh, about the time the front end comes up on one of those things and you're flying down the track and you're really starting to have fun, it's game, it's over. I mean, it, that nine second awesome. ride, nine seconds go by just insanely fast. Now, what, did you jump in with some alcohol tractors? Is that what you would have been? Have been yeah, yep. It was a lot of alcohol tractors. Uh, I think I ended up second out of 20-some tractors there that night. I couldn't get around Jeff. Or, so Jeff uh, Jeff made a really nice pass there that night and uh, ended up second in that group. So this so should be a nice segue into our next question. What are some of your favorite cl- – like, just as a fan, not as Cody I own Corsa, as Cody the pulling fan – what are some of the classes that you that you really love to watch? I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, it, it, it every class is is fun to watch. Every class has got something about it that's fun to watch. I mean, the more turbos you add, and the more boosts you make. I mean, that that adds definitely an element that's super exciting to watch. Um, you know, anything with multiple chargers is is great. But um, I'll be honest, even some of the single turbo classes uh are just super fun to watch um and and i really the other thing that i really like watching i guess would be would be the turbine engines um you know and some of the modifieds that are out there i that's one thing i'm we've never put a data logger on a turbine engine modified and uh that's something i've always wanted to do to try to help them out see what what kind of data we can collect for them and how we can help them that would be yeah. that would be pretty cool. They are definitely a crowd favorite. You know, whenever we don't see a lot of them, you know, obviously except on. Uh, it seems like your bigger wherever you have mods, basically. And I feel like you guys have a couple of them in Ohio, more than more than Ohio, Indiana area than we do out here in Iowa. I don't know if Simon still have theirs or not. You never know what Simon still have. I feel like that's a revolving door of uh, pulling vehicles. I know they have a Pro Stock and a Light Super now, so I don't know. I don't think they. I think one of the turbines maybe went back to Walsh's, maybe. I feel like uh, it's been last summer was so goofy, you know what I mean? It was hard to hard to gather um, because the polls that did happen, 
maybe weren't sanctioned as much and you were mixing a lot of stuff together, but all in all, it was um, just good to get out a little bit last summer and have a little bit of fun. What are you guys hearing, Cody? It's March 7th today. What are you hearing about like Indiana and Ohio for a polling season out there with you guys? What are your governors saying? And I mean, I feel like things are starting to lighten up, but it, it, honestly, it depends on who you talk to in which state. In, Indiana has been pretty good um, as far as, you know, having the ability to to run some of these events. Uh, even last year, we had we had several events with Indiana Polling League uh, last year that we were able to go to. Um, and then, of course, uh, with uh, with uh, Gordyville being moved to Shipshawana there last month, um, the state of Indiana has been pretty flexible and, and has allowed us to uh, to continue to function as a society here a little better than most. Um, I heard Ohio is going to at least allow to, everyone to move forward with county fairs. I think there's still some stipulations, strings attached there, but uh, so I, I, I look forward to a, a good solid season in 2021. Yeah, you too. Do you, is there a busier time for you, Cody, in your business? Uh, I like to ask vendors this, but, or is it pretty much as all year round? Is it just go, go, go? Or do you see a little bit of a slowdown or a little bit of a, I guess. It's definitely a cyclical. Um, it's getting to the point where it's almost busy year round now, but uh, pretty much from the start of indoor polling uh, until summer, you know, uh, we're busy trying to build enough components to put on the shelf. So when polling season comes around that uh, we've got stuff on the shelf and ready to go. So when guys need stuff next day aired, we can pull it off the shelf and get it to them. So that's kind of where I'm at right at the moment is, is building that inventory. Summer just gets insanely busy um, with, uh, you know, with uh, selling and supporting and and making sure that the equipment that we have out there is working correctly. Um, summer gets very busy. And then, you know, and then in October, things start to settle down a little bit and we get about a two month, two or three month break there at the end of the year until, until guys start thinking about indoor pulling again. Um, let's talk about your dad a little bit. Is, does he still have a shop? Or yep, what's he, he does. Um, yep. He's still got a repair shop. Uh, still works on works on some local pulling tractors there. Um, we're trying to grow that some of the some of his business. Uh, we're trying to get so we've got a flow bench there at his shop. He's got some cylinder head um, surfacing equipment, seat and guide machine. So he's trying to do uh, some more stuff there to help help uh, local tractor pullers out. Uh, keep their heads in good good working order um but his, is he right there in indiana close to yeah indiana he's about an hour and a half from me um in, in star city okay but uh yeah their primary business is you know ag repair and and uh semi repair there yep i think he's got uh three or four employees there and uh one of my younger brothers works there in the shop with him um helping he do you guys still can't do you guys still yep. campaign a track yep so uh we were out set out for a couple of years uh because we were wrecking transmissions left and right and um actually through campaign can't introduce me to larry at profab there and uh and once we got in touch with larry larry came up with a really nice solution for us 
and um, and so that has solved our transmission problems. And so last year we were able to make five hooks uh, with that and um, had a really nice partial season there. And so looking forward to to getting that tractor back out in 2021 again. Would that have been within? Yeah, most of, yeah, all those events would have been Indian pulling league. We'll hit some. We'll probably hit region two and TPA region two as well with our limited pro there. Okay, cool, 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 cool. No, IPL had a good season. I know they kept a lot of things going, and I know they're going to try to capitalize on that. I talked to the Howells a little bit out there in Gordiwana, and uh, looking forward to that. So. Are you going to be doing anything? Are you heading up to the NTPA poll here? What is that? It's only just two weeks away, right? Back there in Chippewa. Yep. I plan to be the there. Back. I've got a list of uh, three or four customers already that uh, have made some changes, and we need to go make some changes in their data logger system. Uh, so I'll be there on site uh, at that event helping customers out. Um, and then probably try to hit a handful of Grand National events here this summer and uh, maybe a handful of PPL events as well. Nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Beth, what's the easiest way to get a hold of you, Cody? I mean, just a simple phone call or a text or if I'm interested, if I'm listening to this podcast and like, you know, I want to talk to Cody about Corsa, what's, what's, what do you prefer? Yeah. So our, um, I, I usually operate kind of on my cell phone. Um, and, and so a phone call or a text message, if, uh, anybody wants to talk about a data logger, um, I've even we've got some dealers out there that are helping me support the product as well. So uh, Brian Scott there at Prairie Performance um, has been helping me out quite a bit. Yep. He's uh, he's up to speed on data logging as much as I am at this point and um, doing a really good job for me. Shy Diesel has sold and supported Corsa for a long time. Uh, and then we're also working to try to expand that dealership a little bit here this year. Uh, so we've got more. So pullers will have more and more resources uh, then as well. What? Uh, well, let's 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 let people know kind of what's it take to be a Corsa dealer? Or are you looking for a certain part of the country? Are you looking for a certain skill set? Or uh, what would be your ideal situation? Yep, mainly like looking company? for uh, existing companies that uh, you know that are either dynoing or working with, or or either dynoing several tractors or building engines for several customers um you know we don't have any basically minimum buy-ins at this point it's uh it's more about just the companies that have been out there for a long time and and have been established and um yeah and just and and want to get good data for the customers yep no i love it well cody um anything else before i let you go i'm gonna share your phone number out here on the on iTunes and Spotify. So people know how to get a hold of you. Anybody else you want to thank or talk about, or do we miss anything? I guess before I let um, you know? I guess, I guess one of the other things that has been nice here with our product, I, I try to integrate my product with other, other suppliers. Right. So we were talking about Larry at Profab there earlier. Um, I worked with Larry and so Larry is now drilling his transmissions for our input shaft speed sensor. So rather than me having to sell a sensor to a customer and having them drill and tap their cover to get input shaft speed to watch their clutch slippage, uh, Larry is now, we've worked with Larry and now he's drilling and tapping those cases um, for that sensor. So 
kind of coming up with a nice solution for our customers there. You know, I'm working with turbo manufacturers. We've got five different ways to measure turbo RPM. Uh, so we kind of work with them to help help get them set up to measure speed. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of neat where we can integrate our product with other parts suppliers in the sport of truck and tractor pulling and really help deliver a nice solution to customers. Nice. Your tractor, you guys compete then. So do you guys have to weigh 9,000 pounds with IPL? How does that work? Because I feel like when I went out there to Greentown a few years ago, I, we kind of merged some four ones with light pros together. We all weighed 9,000. Is that how they still do it? Or they, or is yeah, it, they, they as of, uh, as of last year. And I think, I think even for 2021, the light pros and the limited pros stay as a, as a combined class. Um, one is we, there's probably not enough numbers to run separate classes. Um, and there's, um, so yeah, so the lights gain 500 pounds, the limited shed 500 pounds. And, uh, to date it's worked out pretty good. Um, you know, I think the, I think the lights have definitely found a lot of horsepower in the last few years and they, they may start to inch out yep. in front of us a little bit there, but um, there's no replacement for displacement. And sometimes those big people we get around them, but. Right. <clears throat> oh, I like it. I like it a lot. Well, Cody, thanks for taking time today. I'm excited to have a course of data uh, acquisition on the remedy for this year. We're getting the parts are starting to show Ooh. up and things are happening. Fast, good. So it's like, ah, so I'm happy. Yep. Happy, happy, happy. I got to get you in touch with Tony and taking the tractor out to, uh, I think it's Rapid City, South Dakota, maybe to get it wrapped here in a couple weeks. And Taylor Van Beek with the extreme performance and tire cuttings doing all that. And pretty excited, but it's going to be uh, excited to get it back out and get, get back in the seat. Awesome. It took well, let me, let me know when you got a line of sight to get your, uh, get your engine back and then we'll uh, plan a time to come up and get a data logger set up. Sounds good, buddy. So um, I'll, I'll let you awesome. go and Thanks, uh, we'll Jason. talk soon. Okay, bud. You too. Bye. Thanks, Cody. Take hey, Jason Schultz here with the Beer Money Pulling Team. And I just want to thank my sponsors of the Beer Money Pulling Team and Let's Grow Pulling and The Remedy. I want to thank the Outlaw Truck and Tractor Pulling Association. Like I said earlier, they are the title sponsor of Let's Grow Pulling. Our good friends at Hearts Diesel, Corsa Data Loggers, Schaefer's Oil, Tractor Zoom, Mach 1 Site Development, Extreme Performance and Tire Cutting, as well as our newest sponsor, Northwoods Engineering. Thanks for listening to our podcast. And while we'll try to do as many of these as we can as well, if you want to uh, purchase a Beer Money Pulling Team hat, hoodie, t-shirt, koozie, whatever, head over to www.beermoneygear.com. Thanks for listening and have a great night.